the first person to jump off the crazy cycle is truly the one that wins. Yeah. And so when we would get in those arguments or those heated moments and I would say, hey, stop. I love you. I adore you. I don't want to argue with you anymore. You're right. Like basically when you're saying you're, you're holding up the white flag in surrender and mm-hmm. saying, hey, you win. Our marriage is worth more than this argument. Mm-hmm. The person that does that first wins. You're listening to the Dream Marriage Podcast with Brian and Allison Dalkey. Most married people probably wouldn't say their marriage is a dream. Many would even say it's a nightmare. But with the right priorities and a unified vision, you and your spouse truly can have the dream marriage. Well, welcome to the Dream Marriage Podcast. I'm Allison Dalkey, and I'm here with my husband, Brian. And today we are talking about, I would say, one of the most life-changing concepts you can have in your marriage, and that is the idea that men are supposed to love their wives and women are supposed to respect their husbands. Gosh, that's loaded. It is loaded. Doesn't that sound? But And how many times have we heard people get so angry over this verse in the Bible, mostly because it's often taken out of context. Yeah. Well, I think the word respect has some negative connotation Mm -hmm. in certain ways when it comes to a wife respecting her husband. Mm -hmm. And I think it talks about, you know, so obviously we're talking about this book, Love and Respect by Dr. Egricks. And he even acknowledges that if you walk into a store to buy a card for Valentine's day. Yeah. You'll never find a card that says I respect you. Yeah. But you find thousands of them that say, I love you. Yeah. But respect is different and it's felt differently by husbands. Well, let's look at God's word first. Let's start there and see what it really says about this verse. So this is the love and respect verse that you have heard before It comes out of Ephesians 5, and this is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus. So this is after Christ's um, crucifixion and resurrection. He's ascended to heaven. So this is the church operating post-Christ. So he's telling them, he's just giving them general directions for life, and he talks about marriage. It starts in chapter 5, verse 22. He says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now listen, you can't just take that one verse. We have to continue to read what Paul says. He says in verse 25, husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So, here's this transitional word that is very important. So, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones for this reason. And this is a quotation that comes out of Genesis two, 
A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Right. Well, and there's so much in there that I think can be mistranslated or misinterpreted. Or taken out of context. Well, so much. Well, even the part where it says, love your wives like you would love yourself. There's a lot of people that would say, well, I, I don't love myself all the time. Well, I just, you know, sometimes I feel bad. Well, no, what he's saying is he uses the word hate. No man has hated their own body because in that context of the word, you would, you would kill or you would cut off mm-hmm. what you hated. And, and although there are extreme circumstances where people might harm themselves or might do something. No, this is, this is saying to love your wife and, and care for her selflessly like you do yourself. You feed yourself. You make sure you have what you need. You make sure you clothe yourself. You make sure you bathe yourself, all of those things. Well, and above that, it, he does not say husbands love your wives without a connection to him referencing this means you love her like Christ loved the church. Right. Christ died on a cross for the church. Right. And and the word they used in the Greek was agape. Mm-hmm. And that word, so we've often heard it said that the ancient Greeks would be so mad at us for having one word. For love. For love. Yeah. Because they had seven words for love. So they had mm-hmm. they had a word that represented your family love, like mm-hmm. how you love your mom and your brothers and sisters. And for friendship love, how you love your friends. But agape love was only used in biblically in the sense that it was talking about Christ's love for the church mm-hmm. or a husband's love for their spouse. Yeah. And so we believe that word is better represented now with the word adoration. Yeah. Because the word adoration is a very all-encompassing word that like a, a laying your life down mm-hmm. in love for that person. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the definition of adoration, it means like a deep love or it can mean worship, which of course you, we, there's a, a line. Yeah. You're not going to worship your spouse. Right. Even though that's a great country song, but <laughs> right. it would be. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, I do think that especially in covenant, which you guys have heard us talk about covenant when, when God is in the middle of it mm-hmm. and you have both become one and you are worshiping the Lord, that word does apply more in that sense. Mm-hmm. And and then obviously in that verse, he wraps it back to like you love yourself. Well, you too have become one. And so you, you truly are showing love for yourself when you are adoring and loving your spouse in that way. Yeah. So I do want to say too, when we look at this verse, it is all wrapped around the leadership of the, of the husband that it is the husband's job to adore his wife as Christ does the church, sacrifice, lay down your life, willing to do anything. And you have to mention, you have to understand that the church at this time didn't accept Jesus as Lord. When he died on a cross, he died knowing what would come, but not the church at that time was not loving him back. Right. <laughs> they were not showing respect to him. Right. Because he had to do the thing that he had to do. And that's the same when we look at when we look at a, a husband, the head of the household, it is their job not to adore their wife because their wife has earned it. But despite that, yeah. Because you're in a covenant relationship, 
your your leadership role is is one of adoration. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then follows the piece of respect and submission to your leadership. Right. Well, so that brings us to the next part of that verse, which is the, and, and this is the part I think so many people get caught up on. At the beginning of that verse, it says, wives, subject yourselves to your husbands. Well, that that in and of itself, cropped to itself, it, it's, it has negative connotation. Well, it says submit. Or submit, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but submitting or subjecting, but submitting yeah. yourself to your husband sounds like you're helpless mm-hmm. and you have no control mm-hmm. and you just are giving yourself to him regardless of what he wants to do with you. Mm-hmm. But you have to take the whole verse in context, right? Well, it's like that word submission. Right. Right. That, that there's this, I, when I think of the word, honestly, when I think of the word submission, what I think of is like Handmaid's Tale. Like that you have, you're only under their authority, regardless of regardless, what you want or think. Yeah. Right. But that's not what this is saying. Right. This is saying I'm submitting myself under the authority of the man who is the leader of my home because he is being led by Christ and because of how he treats me. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think in our, in our worldly perspective, that feels like that, that feels weird or it sounds weird, but we know that under the the beautiful picture of what a covenant marriage is, we're essentially both doing that. Like my life is in your hands right? and yours is in mine. Yeah. And as long as we're being led properly, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I think that, you know, going back to our contract verse covenant, covenant yeah. episode, I, I think that we, we want to protect ourselves, right? So mm-hmm. we hold back a little bit and go, well, I'm not going to completely submit myself because- what if he treats me different than I want to be treated? So right. then I can always pull away. And although we know, obviously, and we've said this, there are circumstances where that that might be true and you might be being taken advantage of or abused or whatever that is. And we're not blessing any of that right now. What we're blessing is a covenant marriage where it's symbiotic and you're both loving and appreciating each other in the way that you need it mm-hmm. um, under the authority of God. Right. And that's the key. Like I said, like the key is that I get the opportunity to sit under your leadership if and when you are submitting to the leadership of Christ in your life. Right. Yeah. So let's go back to when we first kind of heard about this. Yeah. And I read about it and what that looked like and what our marriage looked like. So I'll give you a little bit of context. This was, uh, I don't know. I mean, it feels like forever ago. It was probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And we were familiar with our love languages. And if you listen to the last episode on love languages, you understand what those are. But we, I I knew she needed words Mm -hmm. to feel the love that, that I needed to give her. And she knew I needed physical touch, but just having that head knowledge, we still hadn't truly practiced it the way that we do now, the way that we know to do it now. But I was, we, we weren't in a great place. I think that we were fine. I, I, I think we were fine. Right. But I feel like fine is about a four out of a 10 scale. Yeah, but I also didn't know how much better it could have been. I think that was part, you know. It's oh, like, that's fair. Yeah. So you I, know. Yeah. So I think we were probably. It's not like we were in dire straits. I think it was just like, man, we're great. We probably felt we're like great. we were a <laughs> six or a seven out of 10 when in reality we were like a four. 
Yes. Looking back now. Yeah. yeah. So we were, we were fine. Like she said, but I do remember we had a vacation coming up mm-hmm. just a couple's getaway, her and I, and it was to Mexico. I think it was five nights and we had, we had really been looking forward to it when we planned it. However, as we were getting closer to it, this was, we were less than a week away from leaving when I started listening to this, but I listened to it on audible. It's a great listen mm-hmm. if you want to do it that way. And I just remember whatever it was, I don't remember the details, but there was some tension in our marriage mm-hmm. because we talked about not going. Yeah. And the reason we decided to go was because one, we had already paid for it. I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was non-refundable or what, but it wasn't financially great for us not to do it. And we just weren't super connected. And I think the idea I'm speaking for myself, but I think maybe this is what you have said about it since then was that I didn't love the idea of just being alone with you for five days Yeah, because we, I think we thought we were just going to get bored or it was going to start fights or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. So that's coming up. So keep in mind, that's right around the corner. That's, I don't know, four or five days away at this point, but I am out mowing my yard. I had like a riding lawnmower. We had four acres that I was out mowing. And if you've ever mowed an acreage on a small riding mower that doesn't go fast, you know, it, it takes hours. And I started listening to this book and it really, within the first few chapters, it just really rocked me because he basically laid out in the first few chapters what a mediocre marriage is. Mm. And he basically described our marriage. Yeah. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like it, you know, like she said, we, we maybe felt like it was okay, but he started to give me a picture of what it could be. And then he described something called the crazy cycle. Yeah. So if, if you've ever read this book, you're familiar with what I'm about to say. If you haven't, we highly recommend it. But the crazy cycle is where both of you are, are on this merry-go-round of, how would you say it, babe? Like, like attack, kind of attacking the other well, person where you know it'll hurt to not have to be vulnerable and open up to your own faults or flaws in your marriage. But it's also this crazy cycle of I'm not getting what I need, so I'm not going to give you what you need. Yeah. Right? That's a great way to put it. It's, uh, I'm, my needs aren't being met, whether that's physical, whether that's emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, I'm, my needs aren't being met. Therefore, I'm not going to try to meet your needs. You don't deserve your needs. Like, I'm not going to step out of the, out of the box to to serve you that way. So clearly this is before we were practicing the, me writing her all the words and her, Mm -hmm. you know, giving me the hug by the coffee pot kind of thing. Like we talked about last episode, but he just starts to describe this crazy cycle and just say, here's, here's what happens. Your needs aren't being met. So you say, well, like Allison said, I'm not going to meet her needs. Yeah. So as he was describing this, I, I stopped mowing and I, I think I was in tears. Like, I think I'm listening to this. Yeah. I do remember you were emotional. Yeah. I remember listening to this just going, oh my gosh, like this, we're getting this wrong. And this man that is much smarter than I am is telling me I'm getting it wrong. So clearly I'm getting it wrong. So I went inside and Allie is a physical book reader. She likes to read a paperback book with the folded around the back as she's reading it. Even even when I get the audible, I have to buy the actual book. (laughs) She needs a physical book. And and I don't think we had it at the time yet. I don't know. I was listening to it and I said, babe, you you have to read this book. And and this will give you a a picture of where we were at and maybe some of you can relate, but she goes, well, why do I have to read it? I was like, well, and she's a reader. Allie reads, I don't know, 30, 40 books a year. Like she's a reader and she goes, well, why do I have to read it? I go, it's just, it's good. It's talking about, you know, our marriage and how it's not great and how it could be better. And I think she felt because I was telling her she needed to read it, 
that I was basically telling her, here, this book's going to fix you and all your problems. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So you push back. Yeah. And For, you, I, I mean, I just told you I wasn't going yeah, to. Yeah, you said, I'm not going to Well, that. and, I, you know, I'm doing the things that I need to do, I'm like, I just don't have the brain space or the time for this. No, like right. I'm not going to. And I kind of felt rejected because I'm mm-hmm. sitting here, you know, selfishly probably at the time thinking, Oh, well I'm doing this to get our, make our marriage better. And she's not even willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the picture of our marriage. I'm doing everything and she's doing nothing. Like I, that was probably my mindset. Yeah. So God's timing, right? So I go back, get on my mower, start listening some more. And I think within the next few chapters, he talks about how this can't be something you put on your spouse. You and I can't was like, say, hey, you need to do this. Oh, I wish he'd told me that about three chapters ago, because <laughs> we're probably gonna have a fight when I walk inside about this. So he then goes on to describe how when you're, when you're loving your wife well, you're willing to jump off of the crazy cycle first. Like you're willing to be the one that jumps off the merry-go-round. And I thought, okay, well, that's what I need to do then. Because this crazy cycle of me not giving her what she needs and her not giving me what I need, it it can't go on forever. This can't be what marriage is supposed to be. Right. And and keep in mind, we've been at this point, we've been married 12 or 13 years. Like, you know, we're not newlyweds. Yeah. And we've been through a lot and we've had kids and all kinds of stuff. So you know, for us to be at a place like that when I'm still having revelation, like, oh my goodness, like we're getting this wrong. Mm-hmm. So he goes on to say, you basically, to get off the crazy cycle, you've got to start appreciation, appreciating your spouse exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. And without the want to receive it back as a direct reaction. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's where I realized I'd gotten it wrong for so long. Cause we would have our moments where, you know, I could tell she's not great. Maybe I'm not great. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take her out to dinner night to her favorite place. And I'm just going to spoil her a little bit because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, cause we're going to get home and hopefully we're going to have sex. Yeah. And so it was a give to get mm-hmm. kind of interaction. And the book lays out very well that you can't ever do that. Nothing you give your spouse can be with a clause. Yeah. And that goes back to that contract versus covenant yeah. mindset. It's not conditional. But I didn't know all that then, right? Right. And yeah. so I'm hearing this. And again, I think I was I was pretty emotional as I read this book just because it, it pointed out all the things I had been doing wrong for so long. And and I did truly believe that I was supposed to lead her in this, but mm-hmm. I, I saw a picture of how I'd been getting it wrong. So we leave for vacation. Yeah. And in the day or two leading up to it, I'd, I'd finished the book and I wrote out a whole game plan for how I was going to appreciate her. And although I probably wasn't in the exact mindset you should be to do that. Because I do remember you later, since we've since talked about it, didn't you a little bit come at this like, okay, let's see if this works you know exactly. kind of thing? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I fully believe this is going to work, but. Well, yeah, that's what I was getting to. I The mindset you need to have going in is like he said, it's not a give to get. Like, yeah. I'm going to give this to her because she is a daughter of the Lord and she deserves it Mm -hmm. not because I want to get something out of it. And so my mindset going in was, okay, all right. She wants words. I'm going to drown her in words. (laughs) I'm going to give her so many words. She's going to be sick and tired of having words at the end of this trip. And I did do it a little bit like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this and I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. But if this doesn't work, this isn't the way, right? you know? Yeah. So our, our schedule when we're on vacation, Allie is a sleeper. Yeah. She really appreciates sleeping in, mm-hmm. 
with blackout curtains mm. and don't wake her up until she wakes up on her own. And when she wakes up, she would really appreciate to have a good coffee next to her. Some alone time. With her journal and her Bible. <laughs> and only only be there long enough to deliver the coffee and to hand her her journal and Bible. <laughs> and then exit, see yourself out <laughs> quietly. And then go find a place to camp out until she's ready to reveal her beauty to the world. I'm laughing because he is not wrong. <laughs> I'm spot on, yeah. Now, part of this I learned on that trip, which yeah, we'll explain. But yeah. So I just said, okay, God, all right, we're going to do this. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm mm-hmm. gonna to give her everything she wants. So Allison loves a good note or a good letter, and she just loves reading words as much as I think you like hearing them. Mm-hmm. And they're more permanent, you know? Right. So I wrote her a love letter that I was going to leave next to her coffee, next to the bed, with the blackout curtains drawn and all of that. And it basically just was everything I had in my appreciation basket. It was, I love you because of this. I love the mom you are. I love the partner you are, you know, just pointing out all the ways that I could appreciate her. And then in the note, I would say, Hey, I'm going to be at, you know, fill in the blank, maybe the, the coffee shop. So I would leave it there. Then I'd go to the coffee shop and wait for her. And then, you know, she'd meet me there. So first day it happens and she doesn't really say anything about it. Do you remember? I really don't remember that first day that much. So she kind of comes and and she's affectionate. Like she comes and gives me a hug and a kiss and we sit down. I think we had breakfast, kind of made our plan for the day. We were going to go out to the beach. When we go to the beach and my goal was to just wait on her hand and foot. Like I didn't want her feet to have to touch the sand unless she chose to. I, I was going and getting her drinks and I was ordering food down to the beach and just doing everything I possibly could to just. I don't even know how you said, just serve you, just yeah. give you everything you could. So mm-hmm. that was another one of my checkmark goals. And I had these written down because I knew I was going to need some like reinforcement, yeah. you know, as to what we're doing. So I did that. We went to dinner that night and she did kind of finally ask, she said, Hey, you're like, I, I love it. I'm not saying any of this is wrong, but like, you're, you're really serving me and you're, you know, getting everything and pulling my chair out and just doing everything. What's going on. And I said, I just, I feel like that's what you deserve. So the other part of it is you're supposed to do it without, telling them you're doing this because this old man told you to. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so anyway, after the first day, you know, I, and I don't, I don't remember if, you know, I don't remember if we had sex that night. Like, I don't remember any of that. I just remember you didn't ask a lot yeah, and you didn't change a lot, yeah. but you were inquisitive Mm -hmm. a little bit. I was, I was cautiously curious about what the heck was going on. So the start of day two, and remember, this is a, a five-day trip. So yeah. start of day two, um, I do the same thing. I leave her a love letter. And it was, I don't know, a page and a half, two pages. Like it wasn't, you know, an encyclopedia, but it wasn't a post-it note. Mm-hmm. And left it by her coffee and told her where I was going to be. And I think I had a spot saved for us down by the beach. And she came down to the beach, but but with a very different look on her face. Like, hey, w- really what's going on? Yeah, like it's, and, and like I said, in the past, there have been times when I've appreciated her really well uh-huh. to give to get, but this like pouring out of adoration that she was feeling was different, mm-hmm. I think. Right. And, and it, well, it wasn't like, I think in the past similar, yeah, like a gift, like it would be a short burst so that you could, right. you yeah, know, was benefit a, from it in right. some way. And so now I'm oh, like, you know what? I actually do remember on? we didn't have sex the first night because yeah, I, I remember right. telling myself we we are not going to. And, and historically, I had been the one that would usually 
initiate. Know, initiate. And so I remember saying, no, I'm not going to initiate in any way, shape or form because I don't want there to ha- be that feeling that that's what I'm trying to get. Mm-hmm. So I think I intentionally just, you know, I didn't like kick her out of bed or anything, but because I was usually one that initiated, I just didn't initiate. So the next day she meets me out at the beach and I remember she sat down. So I'm laying down in the beach chair. She sat down as opposed to laying down next to me and looked at me and said, Hey, what, what are you doing? Yeah. But not in a bad way. She was like, Hey, I'm, I'm curious. Now. Yeah. Like, like this is the second day, you know, you didn't try to jump on me naked last night in bed. Like what, what's happening. And so, although my deal was to tell her, you know, to not tell her what I was doing, mm-hmm. she kind of cornered me on it and I didn't want to lie. So I just said, Hey, it's that book I told you about. And she said, okay, what does it just tell you to do? And I said, well, no, it, it just says that, you know, you need to appreciate your spouse selflessly, not to give to get, but just selflessly. And she said, okay, so that's what you're, I said, yeah, my goal on this trip is to just spoil you and just give you all the words, serve you, because that's how you truly are meant to be treated as a, a princess of the high king. Like that is exactly what you deserve. And I guess I said in a way where she believed it because she said, okay, I need to read this book. Yeah. Like I need to know what's going on. And so I think you got it on like a digital You know, you Mm -hmm. probably had a Kindle or something and she started to read it. And multiple times that day, she would look over at me and be like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. And she's a fast reader. I think she read the whole book in two days. But what I will say is that second day, we both truly kind of started to pivot because I think it takes doing something for a while before it starts to stick. But I think that second day was the day that we kind of started to pivot and think there's something to this. Yeah. And I know from what she's told me about it, she said, I, I've never felt more adored and seen mm-hmm. in the 13 years we had been together than I was for that 24 or 30 hours. And I wanted to know how we could keep that. Well, and I think there was a different, it's like, it's like I knew and could feel somehow the intention because it was different than the past when it had always been and I shouldn't say always, I'm sure that's not fair, but when it had frequently been a give to get, a give to get, and this felt different. And so that's really why why that second day I was like, what is going on? Like, this is like, something is different and I need to know what it is. Yeah. And yeah, there just, there was this shift and it's very much just, even when we talked a couple episodes back about covenant, it's a shift in mindset. What, what am I believing and what am I believing to be true about my marriage, because if I believe there's an easy out, I'm probably going to take an easy out sometimes. Right. But if I believe there is not an easy out, I'm more willing to fight for it. Yeah. And this was the same where there was just this shift in, and really an understanding, right? Because as we get knowledge, then we can begin to truly understand. And, and when I know when I begin to really wrap my brain around what Ephesians 5 is saying is that you were, as the man of the household, of as the leader in our marriage, that when you are sitting under submission to Christ, what you really need from me is that appreciation and respect. Right. That understanding changes everything. Yeah. It doesn't make it easy, but it makes me understand better what you need, because if I don't know that you need that, how do I give it to you? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that knowledge. And and I also think, you know, if, if you're listening to this right now and going, you know, maybe that's exactly where we're at. Like we're just on different pages or whatever. I do think that 
once you have experienced the bad and once you have experienced the hard times, it does make you appreciate this so much more. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we, if we practice this from day one, when we got married, I don't know that our marriage would be where it is now. Right. Because you almost have to go through the hard to really appreciate the good. Yeah. So, and it's also one reason we always say there's no marriage is hopeless. Mm-mm. Like, you know, and we've laid it out. There are obviously grounds for, for reasons for thinking that sometimes, but the harder things you've gone through, the more I believe mm-hmm. you're going to have an incredible marriage on the other side of it. Yeah. So, so I'm not mad about those times. Right. I don't look back on them fondly, but yeah. But I appreciate them for what they were because of what, I mean, even we talk all the time about it. It's, it's really rare to ever see a, a snapshot of your life where something really just turns completely on its head in the mm-hmm. right direction. But this trip was that for me. Yeah. Because after that second day and when Allie started reading the book and really kind of understanding that I was doing this because I, I really just felt like this is what she deserved. And I even in that note, I wrote myself, I think I put in there that one of my goals was for us not to have sex on that entire trip. Now, let me explain. I didn't ever want her to feel like anything that I was doing on that trip was a, if then what mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be an exchange of words for physical touch. Like mm-hmm. that was not and it. And it outlines that very well in the book. You should never have that intention. What I never saw coming. And again, that's why this trip is like, this is a snapshot of how everything flipped was pretty much for the next three days. I couldn't keep her off of me. That's true. Right. And yeah. to the point where I told you no. <laughs> right? Way to make a feel a girl feel adorable. I just <laughs> couldn't anymore. I was like, you know, I, I hope there's someone listening that can My identify with this. I hate this episode. Right. <laughs> Good Lord, our kids aren't gonna listen to this, are they? One day when they're married, hopefully. But yeah, it it was that second day. I remember we went to dinner that night and she now had a better understanding of why I was doing this. And maybe for the first time in our marriage felt like I truly was doing it selflessly or that was mm-hmm. my intention. And we had incredible conversation just about how we had been getting it wrong. Yeah. But with the hope of what it can be. Yeah. And that's where I think looking back and having those hard conversations about places you've been in your marriage, when, when you're on your way to the other side of it, it's okay. And it's yeah. constructive. But so we sat down at dinner that night, had dinner. I know we went on a walk after dinner and just held hands and talked. And the rest of the trip after that is a blur mm-hmm. of you wearing me out, basically. I'll just, say that. I'll just say that. It was a great time. But I think that so much of that comes from it was really, one, understanding, right? Like yeah. I mentioned before. But also there was a unity, which we talk about in our, one of our very first episodes, when we talk about dreaming with your spouse, that vision and that unity, this hope of what we're moving towards, this was really the beginning of that for us. Yeah. And it was just like you said, this, this hope of what could be that we had never experienced, nor had we really ever seen. Yeah. Like we, we didn't know it was possible. And then we just, it's like being on the same page. Like we're okay. Well, let's just do this then. Like, let's try this and see what happens. There's not strings attached. We take away the give to get, and then what happens? Right. And 
you know, obviously looking back, we can piece together the exact timeline and just how it worked. But because I went into it with a, okay, I'm, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I went into it and said, okay, I'm going to try this all out yeah. for five days. Let's see if this, let's see if it, like, I'm going to test it. But in that five days, my mindset truly was, I just want to serve her. Mm-hmm. I want to give her everything she needs because we've tried a lot of other things for the last however many years. Mm-hmm. And, and we're still in this place where it's not great. So what's the worst can ha- that can happen? Yeah. Right. And then as she started to understand the concept, then she wanted to do the same for me knowing I'm a physical touch person, knowing I'm that. And so she starts serving me in every possible way that she thinks I want it. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I'm serving her in every way. And it was three days of just, it was incredible. Yeah. Well, and I just want to point out that, you know, when we talk, we, you mentioned the crazy cycle where we're, we're both in this cycle of not getting what we want. So therefore not giving what the other person needs. It only takes one person to get out of the crazy cycle. Right. And that this trip is an example of that. It doesn't have to be a trip and it doesn't have to be that extreme. Um, I would almost say it could be more impactful in your everyday life. Right. Um, But you made the decision and the sacrifice to say, no, I'm going to take the step and I'm going to do it. Maybe I and I'm sure that I didn't, quote unquote, deserve. I hadn't earned that. Right. But because of our covenant and because of the way God's word says you're supposed to adore and love me, you made the choice to say, I'm going to step out of this crazy cycle. And it only takes one person to do that. Right. So give me an example of a way, because obviously someone listening, unless they're two or three days away from going to a beach for five days, mm-hmm. how could they start practicing this, getting out of that crazy cycle, being the one that steps out of it? How can they start practicing that? Well, I can speak for the women, I think, because, you know, that's here we are. But I I do think that it's I don't want to say I think it's more challenging for women, but it, it a little bit is. And here's here's why I've had this conversation with so many women at retreats when we talk about this. And then later in strategy sessions, when we're continuing to talk about this, that you as a man were made for my appreciation and respect and like you mentioned before, while there may not be a card that says, I respect you, it's ultimately what you need to hear. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the challenge to that, just like it's a, it's a challenge on the other side too, and I'll let you talk to that in, in a minute. But the challenge to that is I may need to step out of the crazy cycle as the wife by coming to you and telling you how much I appreciate you, how I respect you by expressing love to you in ways that you feel love, right? right? Through your love languages. When maybe I feel like you don't quote unquote deserve, haven't earned that, but, but I have to give that because of the covenant we're in. And I don't, I should, I don't know. I'm not trying to make it sound forced, you know, because I'm saying I have to, but the gift of that is what comes back in return. Right. And it's just one step. And it, Honestly, I remember even beginning to try to do this. Oh, I do too. It was so awkward. Well, I, and I don't know if it was the first time, but I remember her at one point coming to me and it was when we got back Yeah, and you probably did this on the trip too, but again, I don't, those last three days were a blur, Yeah. Um, but she came up to me and I was walking out the door to, I don't know if I was going to work or going somewhere, but you said, Hey, come here. And you gave me a hug and you just whispered in my ear, I respect you. Yeah. (laughs) And although (laughs) that's basically what I needed. Yeah. 
it felt forced. Yeah. But and, also, but not I, forced. I knew you were just being obedient and trying to give me what I need. And I mm-hmm. appreciated the effort. Mm-hmm. But I do think, I don't know if it was that time or shortly after that, I came to you and I said, hey, I, I love it when you say, hey, I, I respect you. Mm-hmm. But here's some other ways yes. you could say that. Yeah. Like, you know, I appreciate the way you handled that situation. Yeah. Or I really feel loved whenever you do this is just, so just acknowledging verbally the things that you appreciate or the things that you respect about me, as opposed to just saying, I respect you. Yeah. Which honestly, sometimes it has to start that way. Right. Because you as a, as a wife may honestly be able to say, I don't know what specifically I could say right now because of just oh, maybe yeah. the place that you're in. Well, and I think, you know, yeah, well, I was going to say, I think we probably were in a space where there might not have been a lot you truly, yeah. in every sense of the word, appreciated about who I was or what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But you still dug deep, even if it was just to say, I respect you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and we were there. Yeah. That was, yeah. it was hard. Just like it might be hard for some men to show adoration to their spouse because of recent past where they haven't felt like they deserve it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, again, going back to that, the love languages and saying, okay, how do they most feel loved and and adored? Mm -hmm. And how can I lean into that? Even though, yes, they don't deserve it. And sometimes I don't feel like it, but it's just what I'm called to do. Mm -hmm. And it's what I'm supposed to do to have the best marriage we can possibly have. Well, and I will say that a lot of times when you're beginning to take these steps towards really showing the appreciation and adoration that your spouse needs to get you out of that crazy cycle, it's going to, I, in my experience was, especially in those beginning days of practicing this, that while I'm trying to come up with something to say that I appreciate you for, there's 15 other things that I'm annoyed by or irritated with, or like, mad at you for really like 15 I'm, I'm kidding dramatic. I'm kidding. I was gonna say there's only like three things you do I was but being no, dramatic. no this is way past tense I'm being dramatic yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean like it's gonna my tendency is gonna be to point out the flaws right because that's that's part of our self-protection in marriage and that's part of that contract that we talked about well you didn't do this yeah. or you did this so or there's a but attached to it right you're like, hey, I, I appreciate you, but, but yeah, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't you can't do it that way. No. Yeah. What is, yeah, what do, what do I actually appreciate you for? And I think the way that, and, and it outlines this, I believe, in the book, but the way that kind of early on, Allie, Allie and I used to fight a lot. We've talked about that in past episodes. Like, we were, we were real good at it. I think once we learned the concept, two things, one, of fighting fair, mm-hmm. and then two, the first person to jump off the crazy cycle yeah, is truly the one that wins. Yeah. And so when we would get in those arguments or those heated moments and I would say, Hey, stop. I love you. I adore you. I don't want to argue with you anymore. You're right. Like basically when you're saying you're, you're holding up the white flag in surrender and mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you win. Our marriage is worth more than this argument. Mm-hmm. The person that does that first wins. Right. But, but, li- but here, yes. Me. So <laughs> there's it, no, yes. Well, it outlines that concept. It says whoever jumps off first is the one that's essentially being the bigger person. And so what would happen with us is as we started to practice this, we would get into a fight or we'd get into an argument mm-hmm. and 
whoever was the one that jumped off and said, hey, our marriage is worth more than this, the other person would almost get frustrated that Dang they it. didn't do it first. Oh, I should have I should have caved first. Yeah. So it ends <laughs> up being this competition of like, who could be the bigger person first? Yeah. And although that's maybe not the healthiest way of looking at it, it took us from a place where we were fighting almost daily mm. about something, big or small. Yeah. To today where we were talking on the way here about an argument, the most recent argument we had, and we couldn't even remember when it was. It was a month ago, maybe. And it wasn't even a fight. It was a disagreement or an argument. And so it, you finally get to a place where you realize... It, it's not worth being in that contentious, hostile environment when one of you is going to jump off quickly mm-hmm. and then there's going to be resolution and then you're going to talk through it and you're going to figure it out. So why not just start there? Yeah. And so that's what I think the biggest thing that I noticed after we came back was just our conflict resolution mm-hmm. and the way that if I put her needs and her wants before my own, it's going to dissolve most conflict because most conflict comes out of our own selfishness. Right. That our needs aren't being met. Yeah. Or that you're not living up to the standard that I think you should. Mm-hmm. And so once you start to view that through a different lens, it opens you up to having such such a better marriage. Something that, you know, maybe at the time that we didn't know was possible. Yeah. That's good. So I, this is definitely a conversation that is not just for today. This is... The, the groundwork, I think, for a continued conversation of what it looks like to live in a covenant relationship where I know my spouse, I know how they experience love, and I know that they need ador- my adoration and appreciation yep. first, right? So this is just sort of the beginning of, the, of that conversation, one that we will continue to talk about over and over again and dive into because it's really the the foundation, it's the beginning of how we live out this life abundantly that Christ has called us to, which if you are married involves your marriage and you may not feel like your, your marriage is that life abundant that, that Christ promised us. And so this is really the start to that. That's right. So we recommend that you go out and get Dr. Egrick's book, Love and Respect. Yeah. And As always, if you guys have any questions about any of this stuff or how we read it or the experience maybe you have that you want to tell us about, you could always email us at thedreammarriage at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll also put a link to the book, Love and Respect, in the show notes. And we really just want to challenge you to shift your thinking today. Maybe this is the first time you've really kind of heard this concept that you, that one person can make a change in a marriage that you can be the one. And I, we just want to challenge you to start to begin to think that way. Ask yourself those questions. How can I show adoration and appreciation? Not in a give to get way, just because that's what my spouse deserves in this covenant relationship that I'm in. If you didn't, if you missed our episode on love languages, go listen to that. I think it's incredibly helpful that you know how you're spouse feels love because that's going to be the way that you're going to kind of break this crazy cycle is how can I begin to show them adoration in a way that actually lands with them right you know yeah do that and once again thank you guys so much for listening to the dream marriage podcast we cannot wait to bring you some really fun episodes coming up Um, I'm not going to spoil anything but we 
we've got some good stuff coming up in the, in the next few weeks. So tune in for that. But until next time, thank you guys for joining us.